All right. So we're going to jump right into part two of my interview with Megan and Chris. If you have not listened to part one, please stop the podcast and download part one. It just aired last week. Otherwise, enjoy. Hi, and welcome to my podcast. I'm your host, Jason, and you found a fun and secret time capsule for my baby son. Each episode, I sit down and chat with a special guest about friendships, pop culture, parenting, and whatever strikes my fancy. Really, the end goal is to make sure that when my son does eventually discover this, he's thoroughly embarrassed. In the meantime, I'm not quite sure where each episode or where the show is going, but getting there should be half the fun. All right, well, I'm letting you guys turn the table. Do you have any questions for uh, Allison and me? Well, I mean, now that I've got an apple in my system, who knows? That's what's true. Happen? I know. I would like to point out that we do have four microphones here, so karaoke at our house at any time could potentially work. Oh, well, yeah. I do want to point out this is a super basic mixer here, so we would probably um, want to use Chris's to like probably do some nice equalizer, maybe some reverb and things like that. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I've always wanted to reverb with the verb pipe and <laughs> <laughs> with all my karaoke. <laughs> I mean, that's actually like... I think that's one of the things that I've really enjoyed sort of about my relationship with Chris, not to take the attention away from you guys. No, of course no. But <laughs> it's all about you. No, this been there we, for like we, have, we have like eight episodes about uh, uh, the Allison and Jason. Literally yeah. the Allison Whenever we're bored, we just podcast it's together. True. Um, so definitely we would love to hear um, from other people. But is this the, like I've become much more of like a homebody, and <laughs> and I used to like it used to bother me, and I, and I couldn't really figure, and I don't know what it was, and I think part of it was probably like a fear, like a little bit of FOMO, fear of missing out, and like, but then I realized like I would go, the reason I went out all the time was because I craved like being around people and being around my friends, and then like mm-hmm. the moment you have that, like when you come home, there's already another human there. You're like, well, I don't need to leave this. Like I get that attention, and so like we've done karaoke at home. A lot. Like, I think, like, oh, I didn't oh, know this. Oh, that is oh, next yeah. level. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's when Chris had discovered, like, the mics when he was right. cleaning out his dad's house. And then, like, YouTube has, like, all the karaoke videos you could ever want. And that was at our, like, even for for when we were leaving our the apartment, when right before that we moved into the house. And we had, like, people over on the door to get shut all the way and we're doing like karaoke very loudly until like three in the morning with like us and like miles and tori and a bunch of other people and there's a passive note on our door the next day of like well you might appreciate your singing the rest of the floor doesn't at 3 a.m or like something like that i'm like why don't you just shut the door then like or give me a break n- or knock on or the knock door or yeah. tell us you know and i'm like really was it all of the floor and it's, <laughs> well, like, it's all like, about seattle being passive aggressive yeah, passive aggressive yeah <laughs> like no one would ever knock on your door and just say hey yeah be quiet <laughs> So there's also a, an app that's available at least on iOS. I don't know if it's for Android called Sing. Um, mm-hmm. And this app, it's a little expensive. I think I, I paid for one month's worth of subscription. It was like $20. Um, but they have pretty much every song that you could want for oh. karaoke. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, use your earbuds or whatever as the mic. And, you know, you can so you can hear the backtrack. It records you. And then after, when you're done, you can go back and, and modify um, your voice setting a little bit. You can add different effects, reverb and whatnot. It's can really. I, can I make me sound like Beyonce? Is I mean, oh, there's a, a big, there's auto tune. There, there's there is some sort of auto tune feature. So well, excellent. Can we put that on the next podcast? <laughs> <laughs> this is Allison's true singing voice. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> we totally can. Okay. Um, well, so with you guys podcasting, Elsie, you're saying like when you're bored, you sort of podcast. Do you feel like it like creates like a different way for you guys to have conversations that you wouldn't be having otherwise? Or do you just like having stuff recorded for Wes later? I have an answer, but I would love Allison's answer. All of the above. So I love the idea of Wes being able to listen to us at this time in our life because I feel in the near future, maybe in just in five years, I will become old and crotchety and <laughs> just be drinking my wine in the corner. Um, but I, I want him to hear this time in our life because I, I feel like I want that from my own parents mm-hmm. now of like, what were you like? What was life like when I was only six months old? Uh, and who knows, maybe he'll never listen to that, this and, and that's fine, but I want him to have that available and to hear us and hear how, how our relationship is too. Like, what were we like when we were newly married and, new parents um but what i was surprised about was how much it it felt good to connect with jason again even if we were telling old stories we've told a million times Mm -hmm. um it gave us something to do together that wasn't wes i mean even though he Mm -hmm. was a part of this and we're doing this for him it was nice to it almost felt like a new date that we were discovering each other for another time. Um, and I feel that same way when we have friends over, too. It's like, let's dive deeper into these things that we normally wouldn't talk about at some party where we're <laughs> making idle chit-chat. So uh, it's I was kind of doubtful when Jason said he was first going to start doing this. And now it makes me very happy to, to listen to it. That's great. Uh, what, what was your original question, Megan? I mean, I guess, like, it was just an idea of, like, would you not be having these conversations? Like, is it forcing you to have these conversations now to record them? Or, like, why not? What is it about the podcasting that makes you guys talk about it when you're bored as opposed to just talking about whatever it is? Gotcha. Uh, I, I think I have the same sentiment with Allison in terms of, I guess, just being when you're intentional about sitting down and, and recording, then you... you can have these conversations a lot. I mean, a lot of our conversation is just survival conversation in terms of how was your day, which is great, which we still have these really nice conversations, but just in terms of like catching each other up on the day, how Wes is doing and things like that. But just having these opportunities to have some, some deeper conversations is really nice. Um, I share the same sentiment with Allison in terms of capturing these slices of moments that um, Wes will never be privy to until unless you're intentional about recording these down, particularly since like Allison and I are not, we're not creating physical artifacts like maybe uh, people a uh, generation previously were, where you might be able to thumb through your grandparents' like photographs or love mm-hmm. letters to each other. Like no one's going to be thumbing through my Facebook archive about yeah. like messages <laughs> I sent to Allison. Um, I um, probably about three or four years ago, I, I actually did the, the super genesis of this podcast would be um, I made my parents sit down with one of uh, my dad's best friends and I just asked them about the story of how my parents met. And it's mm-hmm. the super elaborate story that, um, and so just the act of them hearing the story or just hearing like my dad, who's like, 
old and crotchety look like an old man should be but like just be like this slick suave new york city chinese american man who is like out on the town was this conception of someone that i will never know Mm -hmm. um so to me to be able to like capture just this essence of who he was which is something i would never appreciate when i was younger but as someone in my 20s um that really connected to me so i'm hoping that it showed wes want to do that he mm-hmm. can he'll have these little breadcrumbs so or trails oh yeah no i think about that a lot especially like well especially with my mom being gone and that she was also the like rememberer of mm-hmm. things a lot mm-hmm. more and so then trying to get that information out of my dad who is an old man to begin with but then he's always sort of been an old man and mm-hmm. the like remembering of things and so like it was really great going to chicago with him and kind of like seeing where he grew up and Things from the old small town that are still there, which was very sad and weird at the same time. But then, like, he'll tell me about all these different family members, but it's, like, on a train ride somewhere. And I'm like, wait, is that (laughs) Uncle So-and-so? Or who is this and what is that? And so it's, like, always, like, wishing that there was more, like, either written down or that auditory in some way. And so, like, I mean, I think it's cool what you guys are doing and... Yeah, I think it feeds feeds into a little bit, and this is a little bit from my remnants of both my theater minor or my Asian film studies major, just kind of this act of um, these narratives that we construct, right? So like we're truth being highly subjective and your, or your sense of self being highly subjective or, or your sense of identity. So these the stories that we tell or the, 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 the things that we remember or choose to remember together really do kind of construct this narrative. Uh, we're, we're actively constructing this narrative of, of who we are as as a family, as who we are as a couple, as who we are as, as people. So that's definitely kind of uh, something that I find really neat from an academic standpoint. Yeah. And then the reason we podcast is because otherwise, as I've learned after recording my parents' uh, conversation, I didn't do anything with it yeah. <laughs> when I still haven't. So I guess it's the, the the schedule of podcasting forces me to both go through these things, edit it into a form that's readable slash audible, and then um, is something fun to share, too. Makes sense. Also, I, I just need to add... So. My parents are also divorced, like Chris's parents. Yeah, sorry, and, let's, let's circle yeah. circle back. And I don't know why, but in the last few weeks, I've always wondered, what did their relationship look like, sound like, when they loved each other? Because the only relationship I've ever seen is them maybe not hating each other, but just disagreeing and... Um, always you know fighting and it's always harsh and I always wondered you know what happened when I was born and what love did they have of each other then and what did their relationship look like at that point in time and so I want Wes to be able to know what that point looked like I mean hopefully we don't get divorced. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, just having that ability to know what things were like now. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I really wish I had that moment to capture that history to, to know what they looked like when they loved each other. I don't know if you ever wonder, you know, what your parents were, were like then, Chris. I mean, I sometimes wonder what they were like before they were married Mm -hmm. um 
like they both went on missions and to think of either of them on a mission now is just insane um these are mormon missions they you know most of my extended family is mormon so um but as newlyweds i i kind of just imagined them as being really naive mm-hmm. and did what did they get married young um yeah not young necessarily for mormon standards but right. certainly young for current day standards i think uh my dad was 21 22 something like that and my mom was a year older um and uh my brother was born you know pretty shortly thereafterwards so well and they didn't get to really be newlyweds on their own right like weren't they living no. with your grandparents yeah too? yeah they they lived with my uh dad's dad um for like the last year well i don't know exactly for how long but i know that um their last year of undergrad my mom was pregnant <laughs> and um, my brother was born and then my dad's mom took care of him for a while while they were you know finishing their degree or working or whatever mm-hmm. so it was a bit of a, a rush you know to and then they moved from utah to arizona and my dad went to law school and it was a big you know big process i don't know if i mean can you can you imagine going to law school right now jason <laughs> sorry i'm just vomiting in my mouth a little bit. Uh, no i'm good i'm i'm very good i'm, I'm done with grad school thank yeah. you <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. I can't imagine um, doing my graduate work while raising a child. So I don't know how my I don't know how they did that. That was that's a bit crazy. Um, did your view of marriage change? I feel like my view of marriage changed so much over the course of my life because of my parents' divorce or divorces. Um, and so s- super complicated. By yeah, the way. yeah. Well, and. So I feel like when I was a kid, I was like, oh, I'm just never going to get married because I just don't want to have to go through that. Or then it changed to, well, maybe I'll get married, but I just won't have kids so that if I get divorced, it won't be a strain on anybody else's life. And then for a while, I was like, oh, well, if I do get married and have kids, I'll just date for a really, really long time. And I could never define what that meant, but just like really long time to know that whoever I got married to would be right. And then, and then that evolved to, you know what, you can't ever know what's going to happen. And you can only get married to who you think is right and who you're happy with. And some will you know, go on forever marriages and some will end in divorce. And as long as you can try to create a safe environment for your relationship and your kids, it, it should be good. And, and it came to a realization that I like who I am now and I am a child of divorce. And so if, if I get divorced, if, if I can make, Wes feels safe, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't need to be a bad thing. And so that made it feel better for me to get married and not have so much pressure of staying married or, or getting divorced. I don't know if you had similar or different feelings of marriage or maybe didn't <laughs> analyze it too, too much <laughs> like I did. 
Well, I don't know. I mean, my my mom's a divorce attorney, and when I was in high school, I worked in her office for uh, a few summers. So, like, I I'm I was pretty familiar with divorce and and also just a lot of the drama <laughs> that can happen um, um, between you know grown ass adults <laughs> when they're going through a divorce. Um, I I think I don't know. I I always kind of assumed that I was you know, smarter than some of these people that were in my mom's office. (laughs) And that, you know, if that, if I were to go through a divorce, it wouldn't be, you know, crazy like that. I wouldn't be, you know, storming out of law offices or throwing things or doing illegal stuff, abducting children or whatever, you know, people, people lose their minds. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I always assumed that, I would get married. Um, in fact, I, th- I think I actively assumed that at some point uh, somebody would coerce me into marrying them. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of what oh. I yeah. <laughs> Are you going to be the woman that coerces me into getting married? I love it. I love it. Um, and si- similarly with kids, I, you know, I, I always envisioned having kids, but I never thought that I would like, actively want to have like I, I never thought that i would be like oh and now this is the year that i have a child mm-hmm. let's make that happen I, I was i always assumed that eventually it'd be like well it's now or never so <laughs> time to time to do it <laughs> <laughs> so, see that seems so much different than the like planned out three ring binder we were talking about <laughs> earlier with the wedding plans so i mean your approach to having children has that how has that been going? <laughs> I mean, sort of <laughs> like, I mean, it's been going, it's been going fine. Um, I mean, it's, it's no secret because uh, Chris has been telling everybody, so I'll tell everybody. <laughs> uh, but so uh, we're officially trying for, you know, lack of a better phrase that I haven't come yeah, up with. Yeah. Um, and like, and for me, that's going fine. And it was, but it was a similar idea of like, if we don't do it now, like biologically, I mean, as you're aware, you become a geriatric pregnancy, and like right. that doesn't feel good. No, and like <laughs> I'm sure you get more, and you get more medical tests. You know, it's like a bigger, it's an yeah. unnecessarily bigger deal, mm-hmm. especially if you're under forty. Like, mm-hmm. there's no reason for it to be geriatric. But anyway, that's my soapbox side point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So it was very, but like it was a very conscious decision of like this is like a good time for us, like. I'll be done with school soon, so like I can we can dedicate more time to this. Like we've established ourselves as a couple, like we're ready to take this sort of next step. Like you know, we bought a house that's big enough for at least one other person, if not more. <laughs> I feel uh, like it's I, big enough for three more people. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'd like to limit it to one more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like I like my space. Yeah, well, and it, it's true. Like I've become very accustomed to the large amount of space we have. <laughs> they have their own gym, just so yeah. our audience knows. Um, so I think it's like a, it's like a balance of like my planning and Chris is like. I have now coerced him into this being the time frame that, like, it's a now or never thing. Um, but it's also sort of, like, this nerve-wracking thing. And, like, it brings a whole new pressure to having sex. Mm-hmm. Do we want to talk mm-hmm. about yeah. it? Yeah, 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 yeah. We yeah. certainly can. Um, which I don't know if you guys had the same – because, I mean, like, you were, you know, not two teenagers just doing it a lot. Right. Like, you were trying to have less. <laughs> trying, and, yeah. like, but, like, all of a sudden it's, like – 
am I ovulating? Am I not ovulating? No. Sex and, on a Tuesday, just not romantic. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's like, it's, and not that I ever have ever had, like, romantic ideas about sex and things like that, but, like, all of a sudden, it's like, we have to have it. Not that mm-hmm. I want to. Or it's right. Like, and it's not something that I, not like I don't want to be doing it, but, like, there's, like, a different pressure, and it's just, like, this whole new, like, way of looking at our relationship and these sort of things. And it might help to give a concrete example. So, like, <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Wait. All right. I'm excited. How long we are go. we into this podcast and, and Chris lets loose? <laughs> let's do this. I fell with that man's glass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like, on, on Saturday, I was um, laying pergo. We're renovating the floors. That's what I was say. That's, what I say. That's not a euphemism. No. They were laying down a laminated yeah. wood floor. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm not as young as I used to be, obviously. And, uh, there's a lot of work. Um, I don't know. So after, I don't know, eight or nine hours of, of effort, maybe it was, she said. (laughs) (laughs) um, I was pretty tired and Megan reminded me that, you know, this was like the day that we definitely had to try because this is like, you know, day, day numero uno or whatever. Um, so it just, you know, normally on a Saturday night, that's awesome. But right, after eight right. hours of physical labor, it's like, well, no. <laughs> so, you know, you just, you do it, <laughs> do, you know, <laughs> take, take one for the team. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's, it, like, it also goes back to it, like, not even just a physical labor, but like getting home from work and then having like, and then being like, sleep would make me the happiest right mm-hmm. now, you know, mm-hmm. like. Everybody gets much older. Sex drives are different and things like that. But, yeah, it's just sort of like, oh, this is now a forced thing. And according to this app, which I think might be right, I don't, you know, and it's a lot of things that, like, I've never thought so much about my body before in my entire life. Yeah, I didn't like that my phone knew more about my body, too. Like, all these apps, like, I am having my period now, and this is when I might be ovulating. I drew the line of taking my temperature all the time. Mm. I was just like, no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> but it, hopefully it'll work for you. It worked for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been taking my temperature daily, but it's really easy because oh, we yeah. have one that I can just, like, stick in my ear in the morning yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. like, roll back over and... No, it, it's really not that hard. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, it's also it's also one of the things where it's like, if it drops a little bit, this could be it. Right. And then it's this amount of time and that right. amount of time. And then I just think about, like, all those teen moms on MTV and I'm like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. come on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what do, you, what do you think your life will look like with a kid? Have you thought about that? It'll be devastating. <laughs> Um, tell us how you really feel (laughs) we sure to have our future child hear this oh he'll agree yeah for sure yeah um it's true yeah yeah they'll agree um i you know i i I don't i feel like we're already somewhat taxed for time and Mm -hmm. energy you know Mm -hmm. like i i spend a lot of time working and then we spend time on our house and we spend time, a little bit of time with our hobbies and then a little bit even less time with friends. Um, I know. I feel like I haven't seen you guys. I, I see you guys maybe once every three months, I feel like. It's probably more than that, but. It, yeah, it's probably once every two months. Yeah. Which is not a lot. Considering and we, we live, live five less than a, Yeah. <laughs> we live less than a mile away from each other. Yeah. Um, and that's, I'd say that's true of 
pretty much all of our friends except like I see Joanna because she comes to work out with me. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Oh, like at your house? Yeah, yeah. she comes over twice a week. She, he, they oh. see each other more than like I. I mean, I'll see Joanna a little bit more now that I only have class once mm-hmm. a week, mm-hmm. but it's still just like a high and by. But yeah, like yeah. he gets more quality time with Joanna than I do. So yeah. that's impressive. Yeah. 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 Um. So I expect just it to be, you know, no hobbies, no friends, no. No fun. All work. <laughs> at least for the first couple of years. I will say that's not it's not true for us. So the first six months are difficult for sure. But then you get I mean, we're making this happen right now and yeah. Wes is sleeping upstairs. So there's there's ways to have life outside of a kid, for sure. Which is how I feel. Like I'm not in denial that like things are gonna suck, I'll be tired, like a lot it's like going to be terrible mm-hmm. but like i feel like i've come to like a weird zen place of acceptance of like it's like my it's, the only thing i can radically accept is like how shitty time will be for a mm-hmm. while and like first yeah. having a kid but like since i've accepted that then it's more like okay well how do i make it less shitty like what are things that i can eventually do or like how like things to look forward to or no like you know first six months are gonna suck but like afterwards there's you know you, you mean 12 months <laughs> the first 12 months will be terrible <laughs> First, first, however many months are going to be terrible, but like, it's not the end of the world. And you know, why do you guys want to have kids? We've been talking about all oh, these yeah. negative things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why do you want to have kids? I guess, and to preface that, um, since Megan and I are alike in terms of liking to plan things out mm-hmm. and and knowing where things are, this act of control, I would say, um, being a parent, there's a there's a lot of uncertainties, both about you know when do we get pregnant. It throws this whole monkey wrench, um, the uncertainties of pregnancy and the uncertainties of the health of your child, um, just all these wild cards in terms of you know how will my my, my um, child turn out? How will this change our relationship? There's just there's a lot of there's a lot of variables there that um, can cause a lot of anxiety. Oh yeah, uh, I think about that a lot too. But like, so I. There were times in my life where I didn't think I would get married. Like, I wasn't sure of, like, a committed relationship status. But I was always sure I'd be a mom. There's just something in it that, like, I felt driven and, like, felt like this was a role that I wanted to have in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I would never be satisfied with being just fun aunt or, you know, whatever. Like, people say and mean it and other people – and they, people also say it because they don't think they have other options. And so, like, I always, like, knew this was something that I wanted to do. Which also stresses me out because I feel think about like how devastated I would be like if this doesn't happen for us mm-hmm. and like starting at such a like later age of like there's later age of like let's so I'm 33 but like in you know in biological senses of like true like true. there's less but 33 is still like amazingly young in my mind <laughs> <laughs> but I mean there's still like less time to like keep trying before having to go to like other other forms you know and like ivf probably isn't in our future just because of like the costs of it you know and like what does then our future look like and so but i mean i'm also sort of like i'm i'm stressed about all those things you think about and say and so i'm doing yoga again to like manage my stress but yeah being a mom is something that i always i always wanted to do Mm -hmm. so did you always want to be a father chris I think so. I mean, I always envisioned myself as being a father eventually. So mm-hmm. um, I don't remember ever thinking that I had a choice. 
that's fair, fair enough. Yeah, that's true. It's being raised Mormon, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely rem- I remember being a kid and thinking, you know, often like, oh, when I'm a dad, I'm going to do things this way or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was never like I, I never th- I never thought that that was going to be a horrible thing, like being a dad. I was looking forward to it. So I guess, yeah, I guess I wanted to. I don't know. That's great. I would say that's something you definitely should think about. I, I certainly reflected a lot. I think um, a lot of my upcoming podcasts, I had a very long conversation with my um, friend Jake, who was one of my groomsmen at my wedding, just about conceptualizations. Uh, I feel like what we want out of our sons or what we expect out of to have feminist sons or to, to be thinking about this, this new environment we have of, of moving towards gender equality. What does that mean? And what kind of examples did we have growing up or what kind, what conception of fatherhood do you want to have? Or what conception of masculinity do you want to form for your son? Just how um, challenging that can be on, on a number of different levels. Yeah. That's an interesting problem. Um <laughs> That you won't have to face for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or just, I would be curious for you as, um, I guess I can say, you know, I, I didn't have any brothers growing up. So in terms of like, and my dad traveled a lot for work, we were, it was a very traditional, like my dad spent a lot of time working while my mom was a stay at home mom. So he wasn't around a lot, um, which is, I, I know one of his big regrets when, when we, we chatted. Um, so just kind of forming what this, uh, what I wanted to be in terms of a vision of, of a fatherhood was really different. I'm curious about like, if perhaps you're blessed with, with a daughter, how you would want to raise a, a strong feminist daughter. Um, I'm sure that Megan would be able to uh, instill. I mean, look, I, I'm all for, gender equality and <laughs> um, i'm waiting for a but it's usually like a, i'm all for it but no no i i guess um it i don't there's no but it's just that that's not my focus my focus would be on the same things that my focus would be on if she were uh a male child like i would want to teach math um you know computer computer programming an abacus um, makes a really good baby choice <laughs> exactly exactly yeah um i remember I mean, I never really thought. Wes has problems with math. He's calling you or Austin. Yeah. Yeah. That'd, that'd be fun. I that's mean, right. I won't let Chris teach me anything because right. he's like too close and it's like too emotional for me. Mm-hmm. But I <laughs> which, will. Which, by the way, I don't understand at all. This is true. <laughs> uh, I can attest that he is a very good teacher and is very patient, which he doesn't understand then why I can't translate that into him teaching me things if he, I, I do I agree he has these totally qualities. get it yeah 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 I get that can you can you explain it to me <laughs> because when you have a, a teacher like yourself who's very patient um, it, it, it's excellent for someone who's a step back from you or who's not emotionally connected with you but when I've been with Jason trying to show me, Things And then this does not happen very often with technology. It comes off when you're patient as condescending. And not that you're intending it to be so, but it comes off as that. And then it creates tension. So you almost need a person who is not connected to you to to be that teacher. Yeah. 
Yeah. Is is it nice to have friends before you have kids so you can see? Yes. Yes. Thank you both very much <laughs> <laughs> for leading the charge. Uh, yeah. It's, um, I mean, to be frank, um, you guys seem to be doing so much better than I would have expected. Not just from you, but I mean, from yeah. any first friends to, to, uh, to have kids. Uh, I think, you know, you've, it seems like you've been in touch with, you know, lots of friends. I, f- I feel like you're, when I talk, w- when we hang out, you, you're often saying like, Oh yeah, we hung out with Nick or we hung out with so-and-so. Um, and it seems like you're spending, you know, just as much or more time with friends as we are. We don't have kids. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. It just seems like you're doing amazingly well. Um, but it, it, so that's encouraging. Well, thank right? you. Yeah, we try. <laughs> um, but but yeah, it's it's nice to see that um, it's possible to do well because I wouldn't have done so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I yeah, I think it's it's just nice to see other people do it, and then also know like for me that I know like what questions to ask a doctor, like what I should be looking for, shopping, or I mean the fact that I keep getting hand me downs and we're not even like pregnant or anything like that. Wait, you're already getting kid hand me downs? Uh, well, so uh, Ashley went through the bag of stuff that yeah. you guys gave, yeah, and yeah. she's like, we already have a lot of this size clothes, and we right, have right, space right. for yeah. it. Does anybody want it? And I was like. Well, we'll take it because, like, we have space, basically. Right, right. And so it's, like, a holding pattern. Yeah. But if someone else wants it in the meantime, right. like, they can come get it. And, like, I same with, like, a former coworker who she uh, had, like, a baby swing. She's like, our kid's too big or small or some size for it. Do you want it? <laughs> right. And I was like, sounds good. Like, less of things that we have to buy and we have the space to hold it. And if someone wants it in the meantime. Yeah. If somebody else gets pregnant first, then they get to, yeah. you know, you know to take first it. dibs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, it is sort of nice to be able to like, like tap into all the resources and like the community and, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. Well, just knowing about the, the parent group that you guys were, are still involved with. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, things like that. That's, yeah. Um, Do you know if uh, we we promoted to Ashley and Adrian, but it's not everyone's cup of tea. Did you know if they joined the the parent group? They did, yeah. Okay, that's okay, great. Yeah, good. That'd be like the one. I've got some books, but like the one thing I would highly recommend. Yeah. So on that note, what's the? I know Jason, you especially, well, both of you, I'm sure, but you guys did a lot of planning. You read a lot of books. Mm-hmm. Um, I will you give you unsolicited groups. advice. Oh, well, I'm, I'm going you know. I'm I'm to solicit the advice here. What, <laughs> okay. like, what's, what is something that, despite all of your research, mm-hmm. surprised you or, you know, threw you through a loop? Um, yeah. Uh, and you, uh, I'll reiterate this or I'll repeat this answer because I've definitely, um, not the first time I've been asked that um, <laughs> uh, for the, for this podcast. Uh <laughs> I would say just the, um, so you, you think, and this is not as a condescending sense. Like I know you two are busy and, and, and very like finishing grad school, like trying to figure out your career, moving into a house. Like these are all very stressful things and definitely something that we did, but definitely before we had a baby and it was super stressful. But once like you have this like person come into your life that, um, needs literally 24 hour care like like one of you needs to be assigned to this this thing it's 
it's a little soul crushing about like, uh, you know, maybe you want to go hang out with Austin or maybe you just want to like go to the karaoke bar and like hang out or maybe you just want to read a book or do yoga. And it's just one of those things where if one of you is doing those things, one of you is watching a baby. And if you're doing that or not watching a baby, you're not not sleeping, which you should be doing. Um, I think Adrian and Ashley are probably going through that right now of like, um, that Rose is probably getting up every three hours. Your life is not your own anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a hard, difficult thing to give up. Because I, I think my whole life, even after I married Jason, I was always not selfish, but just, you know, you take just care of yourself. Very independent. Yeah, yeah. independent. And, and then your life is not your own and you have to give it up to someone else. And that transition is difficult uh, and it is overnight like you know one moment you're pregnant and then the next moment you're not and you're you just have to be at the whim of this other baby person and it's it's really difficult and then you know for uh, the woman side of things your body is also not your own anymore either it's everything about your schedule is regulated about, you know, you can't drink at a, you know, and it, I think this is more true of like your first baby. Um, Cause you're just nervous about everything. Uh, and, and so it's like, Oh, I can't drink at this time or I can go to this doctor's appointment, but I need to make sure I have a room that I can pump at because I need to make sure my milk supply is fine. You know, so it's every little detail and you'll probably be better at it than I was, but it just made me, so anxious and tense all the time of just like my body is is designed for my baby now Mm -hmm. and it's not my own anymore and I just I can't even sleep through the night I have to make sure I wake up in order to pump or feed for this other person and that was such a ridiculously hard transition to go through yeah and I'll say that um I don't know what I was going to say, but mm-hmm. just as, yeah, it's just, it's just really hard. Yeah. And oh. I never got good at breastfeeding in public either. And I felt like not only is, is my body designed for this person, but now I have to like expose it to everybody else <laughs> for this other person. And I also was not ready for that. Mm-hmm. I was just like, no, I can't, I can't deal with this. I remember what I was going to say. It's just, um, I think when I was emailing Megan to set up this appointment and thank you again for meeting with us, just, um, it's really hard to, I mean, this person becomes such a priority that you're like trying to take care of your baby. You're trying to take care of your partner. You're trying to take care of yourself kind of in that order. And there's very little room to like touch base with your family or touch base with, with friends or just even, even if, even if they live like half a mile away, it's so, (laughs) so hard and it's so disheartening to like be. So it's, I didn't realize how isolating having a baby would be. Yeah. But not to make you not want to have a baby (laughs) because I feel like after nine months, things got a lot easier and we're doing this podcast now and and I'm having much more fun. So there's just like any new thing that you go through grad school or whatever, there's a transition of, oh shit, like this is super hard. And then it gets a little bit easier. So I think that's where we're, we're at right now. Yeah. Um, and things are much better. So it's 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 hard initially, but then it gets a lot better. So it's definitely worth it. All right, you guys can ask us one more question, and then we turn into pumpkins. 
Yeah. How has being parents changed or affected your relationship with your parents? Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I can say that um, I chatted with my parents actually about this. Sorry, all these unaired episodes. I've got like a seven or eight episode backlog. Um, <laughs> it has been really neat. Uh, um, I'm going to talk to my parents about this, but just like I, I really like my parents, but I have very little in common with my parents. Um, they are, you know, Chinese immigrants or uh, daughter of immigrants um, from the East Coast. Um, where I lived a very suburban kind of lifestyle and then moved to the, the city. Um, so being able to like really connect and relate to them as parents has been something that's been really enriching for me in terms of getting to know them on a, on a, on a parent level. Um, just really appreciating them much more. Um, you know, having my parents being willing to get up at 5 a.m. this last week as they've helped us out during a really busy time has just made me really appreciate like how, like, a very physical manifestation of, of how much they love and support me. That's been really awesome. But for my mom, it's been amazing because from my mom and I, before Wes, we were very different people. I didn't, couldn't like connect with her at all. And I felt very distant from her. I loved her. You know, we had our hard times and, but I just felt so disconnected from her. And then we had Wes and she helped out and, I felt like we were still very different, but I could connect more. I could just see how amazing she was because she was a single mom for a long time and just how much work that entailed. I didn't at all appreciate that until I had Wes. And I was just like, oh, my God, you're such an amazing person and how much love you had for me and how supportive you were for me. And that is fantastic. And, And I feel like I'm so much closer to her now than I ever was before Wes. And so that has brought us, or at least in my mind, much closer. All right. Well, we now have a two podcast episode length. <laughs> I'm very excited. Um, so I just want to thank Chris and Megan again for joining us mm-hmm. with their time Welcome. and thank their insights. Um, as I ask every person, do you have any upcoming projects or things you would like to promote or fun things on Netflix that you want to give a shout out for? When is this airing again? End of June? Probably end of June. Mm-hmm. Season two of Nailed It on Netflix. If this is not a thing, I request that everyone contact Netflix in all sorts of forms to get it because my brother is on it and he is amazing. What? All right. So we'll make sure to tag him on that and Netflix. Um, What about uh, Stripped? Oh, yes. (laughs) There's a TV show on Bravo called Stripped. People get rid of all their belongings because they're too rich and have too much time on their hand. Hilarity ensues. All right. So we're going to watch Stripped on Bravo. We're going to watch Nailed It, maybe season two. Yes. Awesome. Uh, Are there fun things that people want to learn more if they're enamored of you? Easiest way to get in touch or social media presences? Uh, um, I'm at Meg's underscore Elise on Twitter and at Meg underscore McPeter on Instagram. That is a private account. But if I know you, I will accept your request. I'm not really on social media. I've got an email. Chris, got a- uh, I, I have I, no I, idea what Jason is talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I found a Chris McMurdy on Twitter <laughs> that I'm pretty sure is not you. But they only have like four tweets. They're only tweeting about soccer. 
Oh, weird. Yeah. I mean, you do have a Twitter account. I do have a Twitter, but it's like C. McMurdy or something. I don't know. Anyways, if you do like Chris McMurdy Twitter, that he he's beating you out. Oh, my God. There's another one. <laughs> I know. I really thought you I was the only one. You need to compete with him. I think you have a strong chance of competing oh, and winning out. I think yeah. I'm going to beat yeah. that guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys again. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. You can subscribe and rate this podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and on our host, Anchor FM. Music used for this podcast includes Live Wire by Steve Combs, With a Whimper by Josh Woodward, and Olivia by Heisen. You can email us at halfthefunpodcast at gmail.com and send us voicemails through the Anchor FM app. You can check out more photos and commentary about this episode on our website, halfthefun.fun. That's halfthefun.fun and like us on Facebook. Want to be on the show? Drop us a line. See you next week.